Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. We got a question today that hits right at home uh, because for uh, Daniel and I, unless you basically haven't listened to any of our other podcasts, this is a a great service, uh, we feel. It's a great service, an outlet for us to help folks uh, far and wide all across the globe as our podcast blows up to the top of the charts. But nonetheless, our day job is that of investment advisors, fee-only investment advisors. Daniel is a certified financial planning professional, and so we work with uh, folks all over the United States. And so this question today is, uh, is right at home, and I think it's, it's a great question to, to talk about if you are out there and starting to think, you know what, I should sit down with some sort of advisor or planner and so we've got a question just about that. This question comes from Kevin. Kevin, what do you got? D-I-Y. Hello, gentlemen. My name is Kevin from Arkansas, and I have a question about how financial planners are paid. Could you talk about the different ways financial planners are paid and the pros and cons? The reason behind my question is I am in the market for a financial planner, and I know that some are paid off commission, which I have an inherent distrust for because every time they make a trade, they are making money. And so to me, it seems like they would be more inclined to make more trades that may be unnecessary. I really appreciate your time. All right, Daniel, this is right in your wheelhouse because you are the CFP. You handle our planning in our planning department for folks all over the country that uh, uh, you know, work with you, work with us. So, what do you, what do you, what do you say to Kevin in regards to this, or what do you say to anybody who asks this? Because I know we get this question a lot. Yeah, certainly. So we were talking kind of about uh, fees versus commissions in the question and financial planning. And so, I, I guess to start, I want to make sure that we're on the same page about what we're talking about. So, in this industry, there's sort of two types of roles that somebody can play uh, when it comes to planning. Those roles often overlap, as they do in our office. That is investment management and financial planning. So you can have a financial planner who's investment manager, an investment manager that's also a financial planner. Those overlap. The, the same can be actually true for CPAs. So the person who does your taxes can also be a CFP, certified financial planner. So they can do financial planning and taxes. Feasibly, a lawyer could. A lawyer who's doing estate planning could be a certified financial planner as well. So, But you most often see it in the realm of investment advice. So somebody is an investment manager and a financial planner. Now, the compensation sort of structure in both of those can be the same. Um, so you can have uh, an asset under management fee. So for instance, a 1% of assets managed and the financial plan can be included in that as part of the broad overall services. So you bring your investments to somebody to manage, they charge you a percent of those. And for that percentage, you're getting investment management, you're getting service, you're getting financial planning, uh, and sometimes some other things wrapped up in that. You could get uh, tax preparation, et cetera, all for sort of a percentage fee. There's also uh, what Kevin talked about, which is commissions, which is I uh, sell you an investment and then I get a commission off of that, a cut. Think of an insurance agent or a car salesperson. And th the way that I like to 
usually look at it from the investment side or from the commission versus fee side is, is this. A lot of times when it comes to commission, in the same way that your insurance agent will typically discuss things with you, and I'm not knocking insurance agents, it's just the nature of the business, it's easy to compare to, but an insurance agent typically makes a commission off of the insurance that they sell you. And so uh, their concern is at the forefront. Same thing with a realtor. Realtor is probably even a better example, right? A, a real estate agent is really concerned with you when you are hot and ready to buy a house or sell a home, but they're not checking in with you in between because they're going to make their money on the buy, the buying and selling of homes, right? They're going to make a commission. They're not making anything in between uh, you buying and selling a home. They move on to the next person to make the next commission. Now, if a real estate agent got you into a house and then made a percentage of the value of that house every single year, as long as you were happy with that house and interacted with it, and this is a really stretch of a metaphor, then they, you'd be hearing from them all the time to make sure you're happy, you weren't going to move out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like that, the fees versus commission. No one way is absolutely right or wrong. There are some instances in which a commissionable um, investment advisor can be useful. Um, it's less and less of an issue or less and less of a need today. Um, there's just less instances where that is useful. It used to be maybe that you could uh, buy into a fund. If you were going to stay into that in that mutual fund for 10, 20, 30 years, paying an upfront commission on that might've been better than, than being in a, a 1% fee. But now costs have come so far down on most investments that if you're going to have a relationship with an investment advisor, they're going to care for you. They're going to be doing planning, et cetera. It, it's often better to engage them in a, a pay as you go or a fee based method that puts your interests with theirs. They want to keep you happy as a client. They want to keep servicing you. Uh, and therefore you keep paying them as you go. You're not paying them. And then they're just sort of done. Now that's investment advising on the financial planning front. There's multiple methods with which people could get paid. So we already talked about, it could be wrapped up into investment management. You can also pay uh, a certified financial planner. If you're looking specifically just for planning and not for them to do ongoing asset allocation with your investments, if, if you're not looking for them to keep an eye on your investments on a week to week, month to month basis, but to sit down once or twice a year with you and see if you're on track with your plan, do updates, make any recommendations about changes, et cetera. And then there's two ways that usually financial planners will get paid. And that is either by the project or by the hour. And so there might be a flat fee for a certain, um, you know, initial plan and then subsequent plans or updates. And that's usually based on the complexity of your plan, how many moving parts there are and so forth. And that fee can range wildly depending on um, the qualifications of the planner, the area that you're located, the uh, moving parts in your plan. And so I'm hesitate to give you an example, but I mean, roughly it can range from $500 for a plan to $10,000 for a plan. It really depends on the intricacies of your plan. You might also see people who uh, charge by the hour. This is similar to accountants and attorneys, plumbers, et cetera. Um, and it helps them quantify what it is they're giving you and what you're getting in return and put a dollar figure on that. Uh, so you might see somewhere in the range of a I don't know, $100 to $500 an hour, uh, uh, roughly for planning. And again, it depends on the complexity of your plan, what exactly you're looking for, the area of the country you live in, and so forth. Neither one of those is better or worse. If you're not the one doing the plan, it's hard to have an understanding of the hours that might go into it. But if you can dialogue with that planner, that's good. Now, where the heck do you find a financial planner? Uh, I would recommend going to letsmakeaplan.org. 
let's make a plan.org that's run by the CFP, the Certified Financial um, Planning Organization. That's where we uh, get our certification from as financial planners. You can type in your zip code uh, and look there. You can type in the type of planning that you're looking for. You can even look at compensation, uh, commission and fee, commission only, fee only, etc. Most people now are moving towards fee only if they're not already there, uh, but they have to disclose that with their CFP um, registration. Now, I will say that in this day and age of technology, it doesn't matter uh, necessarily if you're comfortable. It doesn't matter that you have a CFP, you know, on Main Street in the town that you live in. Uh, it's better looking for qualifications, personality fit, etc. As Quint said, we work with uh, people across 20 some states now, and uh, we utilize a lot of technology, as do a lot of other financial planners. So it's better to find uh, somebody who has the qualifications, the experience, etc that you're looking for, and that person might not be the person in your zip code. Oh, my goodness! That was a lot. That was. Sorry, that was sort of the <laughs> fire hydrant of information. Uh, what did no, we miss good. or well, gloss no, over? I, I think it was excellent, and I think uh, that anybody can go back and, and listen to that again and probably have any and all questions answered regarding the world of financial planning. I think that was fantastic. You're not going to get a more objective sort of uh, non-salesman, you didn't hear anything about some sort of nonsense, well, you should do this, you should do that, which really is code for, oh, call us, call us, because we think this is the best method. So bravo to Daniel for giving uh, that truly unbiased, informative uh, piece of information. The only thing I'll add, and I will keep it very short, is, as Daniel said, I will stress a couple points. Know what it is that you're looking for. First of all, you are typically in the camp where you're looking for outside advice if you are in the wealth building stage. So this is not an area where people are just trying to figure out their budget, get their expenses in line, pay down debt, etc. cetera. Uh, that you can do on your own. You should do on your own. You shouldn't pay, pay anybody to, to help you with that. Just keep listening to the podcast. This is a stage where you're now in the wealth development stage. Questions like, uh, Roth, 401k, 401k Roth, uh, insurance, how much insurance, et cetera. This is where if you want to sit down just with a financial planner and pay an hourly rate just to get some outside guidance, that's fine. And as Daniel alluded to, he gave you the structure, where to look for one, et cetera. Most CFPs also provide investment services. Now, I want to say a couple of things, and I'm not going to uh, talk about any gray area. I'm going to, I'm going to hit it home. If you do decide at that point that you don't want to implement it on your own and you want to hire someone to do that, uh, you want to make sure you are with a fee-only advisor, not fee-based. Be very careful of that. Based is a term that they use to kind of talk about, yeah, we're fee, but we also play in this world of commission. They're straddling both sides of the line. In my opinion, in a few years, that will not be legal. I, I don't think that. I think advisors are going to have to choose one or the other. They're either going to have to say, "Hey, no, we'd we'd sell and make commissions, or we also charge, or we charge fees and fees only." So you want to go with a fee-only firm. That means that they're a fiduciary. They have truly your best interest in mind. And that point, you want to make sure that your fees are reasonable. Me personally, I wouldn't say paying anything more than 1% for your assets under management uh, is, is uh, prudent. And then you want to know what you're getting for that. You'd want to make sure that you're not, in addition to paying that 1%, investing in you know high-loaded uh, fee mutual funds, because that's double dipping, and that really is going to hurt your long-term track record. 
So find an advisor that uses, if they're doing fee only, they use index funds. They use, you know, passive products such as ETFs, uh, things that have very, very low cost. You want to make sure they have a, a solid track record. They can give you references, people that you could pick up the phone and call and talk to. Tell me about your situation. How long have you been with this advisor, et cetera? This is a very, very competitive industry, and you want to make sure you vet your advisor and make sure that you are comfortable with where you're uh, going. Now, does that mean they're going to be right all the time? No, it's not. They're going to make mistakes, but ultimately, you want to be with somebody that has a successful long-term track record through a variety of markets if you choose to have them help you with your investments. That's all we got for you. That was a great question. Daniel did a fantastic and very thorough job answering it. That boy is good. Oh, he's a good kid. Hopefully I just added a little bit of uh, boilerplate things on top of there that you should uh, consider or not consider because, again, these are critical decisions uh, that you are be making as you go into this wealth building phase. And I think it is uh, imperative that you find an advisor that uh, you you like, that is prudent, but also fits your personality and has a track record to achieve uh, your long-term goals. Excellent question. Thank you so much for that question. If you're new to the show, um, all Kevin did was a drop a drop on his um, uh, phone and sent us a voice memo to our email podcast at DIYMoney.org. We took that voicemail, we put it on the show, and now he will get $25 Amazon card uh, for participating in the show. So we appreciate that great question. Uh, remember, friends, you can check us out on Insta, uh, DIY.money, or follow us on Facebook at the DIY uh, Tribe. That's the DIY Tribe. And remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do it prudently. And if you pursue outside guidance, make sure you are doing your homework there as well. And do it for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.